broadcasting from an undisclosed location, dispatches from elsewhere as a podcast sharing audio from the past, present, future, and never. Excelsior Industries presents the Supervillain Handbook, a self-actualization guide to being your very best supercriminal. Hello, how are you? In this fast-paced and changing world, there are many exciting careers an enterprising individual could pursue. As part of the Excelsior Industries Careers in You series of self-help tapes, the Supervillain Handbook is aimed at helping aspiring villains assess if this is the right job for them and what they can do to fully realize their potential. Would you consider yourself an outcast from mainstream society? Are you tired of being pushed around? Do you have trouble submitting to authority? Have you been disfigured or otherwise injured in an industrial accident or freak meteorological occurrence? Do you have a strong desire to show them all? Has a particular superhero earned your ire or even caused you difficulty in the past? Do you have an advanced degree in a scientific field of study? Are you working on a master plan? If you answered yes to at least two of those, then you may be suited for a fulfilling career in costumed antagonism. This set of tapes will outline the steps needed to becoming a successful supercriminal and how to avoid common missteps made by novices. By the end of this series, you'll have all the tools you need to perpetrate your dastardly plot. Excelsior Industries does not condone the perpetration of plots, international or domestic. It accepts no responsibility for any injuries, destruction of property, or loss of life caused by this tape, reasonable or unreasonable. Now you may be asking yourself, what is a supervillain? How do they differ from normal criminals? The key difference? is style. Supervillains and heroes develop a careful public persona, one intended to get attention. They didn't put on primary colors and a cape to stay inconspicuous. Supervillainy is about committing big, flashy crimes in big, flashy ways. Even villains who pride themselves on stealth will leave calling cards at the scene of the crime and send taunting messages to investigators or news outlets. They do it for the attention. The attention of the government, their villainous colleagues, heroic rivals, and the public at large. If it was just about committing crimes, then dressing up in spandex and making a new name would just be getting in the way. Supervillains want to commit crimes and become famous for it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's important to be clear about what the job entails. Now you know, and we can begin. Superpowers are one of the most important aspects of becoming a supervillain. It will determine the way you commit crimes and even the types of crimes you can commit effectively. It also informs a villain's theme. We'll start with common ways to gain a variety of powers, and you can determine what course of action is right for you. Now, you may already have a superpower. Perhaps you were born with mutated genes that grant you some amazing ability, or you're an alien that naturally has powers. Don't just ignore this part. The information here can be used to expand your own abilities, or even be used on your most trusted henchpeople. Some of the earliest known supervillains and heroes are those who gained their powers from secret government programs during the 1940s. Sterling Sentinel being the most well-known, and his nemesis, the Iron Kaiser. Since then, dozens of government-sponsored and private superhuman research programs have arisen. They exist all over the world. And there are even rumors that several are located in low orbit and on the moon. With enough time and effort, you too can find one willing to subject you to any number of experiments in the name of gaining powers. Be warned though, most of these programs are wildly illegal, top secret, or both, and have very little oversight. There is an extreme degree of risk involved. They're always eager for new test subjects, they go through them so fast, and so getting in shouldn't be an issue, and you will most likely end up with powers as long as you survive. But they may not be the ones you want, and you may end up horribly disfigured or in some other way handicapped. Living Ghost was supposed to gain super speed and rapid healing. It didn't go as planned. In fact, many of those who survived the experiments but come out deformed or somehow less than how they wanted have gone on to become supervillains. 
Two notable examples would be the Green Hag and Dr. Hyena. Both had hoped to become superheroes, but their respective treatments went poorly. It would be wise to try to get involved with the most reputable black superhuman testing facility you can find, to both increase your odds of surviving and being happy with the results. Now, if you're of the scientific bent yourself, you could try your hand at the human enhancement game. The best place to start is with one of the existing programs that is already making use of principles you are comfortable with. This may be genetic manipulation, chemical serums, cybernetics, or even quantum physics. Despite their research being closely held secrets, such programs will routinely have their plans stolen and sold for a profit. So get a hold of a plan and adapt it using your own undoubtable expertise in the field. Use caution though, scientists have a long history of empowering themselves using untested formulas or procedures, but they're rarely completely happy with the results. So use the full extent of your scientific training and test it on others first. Obviously animals are the first step, but as you get closer to your goal, don't be afraid to test it on civilians and hench people as well. Your safety is important to us, so endanger others instead. Once you're certain the procedure works, then you can use it on yourself. This won't completely remove the risk. There's no telling how exactly your own body will react, so be ready for things to get weird. On the opposite end of the spectrum from powers gained from scientific experimentation are powers gained from mystical artifacts. These objects are capable of bestowing gifts of all sorts. Some are modest, like the lucky golden coin that gives Rascal Pete his fame good fortune. Others are significantly more powerful, like the headdress that gives the goddess Kali the ability to manifest on the material plane through a mortal vessel. Many of these items will also come with a curse of some type. Violent impulses, unwilling transformation, or perhaps erosion of your very sanity. That doesn't mean they aren't worth it, it's simply worth noting. Power isn't free after all. Acquiring an enchanted or cursed item is surprisingly straightforward. Museums or even amateur antiquarians oftentimes have them without even realizing it. You can try to research any nearby stores of antiques and see if any particular items have a long history, especially one associated with death or other misfortune. Based on its history and culture of origin, you may even be able to guess what powers it might bestow. The Spear of a Storm God is going to do things very differently than an ancient obsidian sacrificial knife. If an item seems to fit that description and you think it will grant a desirable ability, feel free to attempt to steal it. If you don't care what powers it will give you, just that it will, then just break into any museum, flea market, or mysterious curio shop and start trying things on. The odds are excellent that you'll encounter an item of wondrous or terrible power. If you're a globetrotting sort, you could travel to a remote temple, burial ground, or other historically important site to the native population. The best places would be ones considered holy or otherwise taboo. If you arrive at the site and it's loaded with traps, like snake pits or trap doors, or has ancient mystic guardians, then you're probably on the right track. Be on the lookout for things that are heavily protected. If you can capture a living guard, simply start handling treasures and pay attention to which items he gets most visibly upset about. If he lets out a blood-curdling scream and faints, then you've found a winner or an item that will kill all of you. Only one way to find out. Once you discover the item, get used to having it around all the time. They usually bond with their wielder, with or without consent. That's how cursed items avoid being cast aside. Usually the item will simply never be out of reach, like a sword that you can draw from empty air. Or no matter how often you forget it, or throw it away, or even give it away, that ring will always be in your pocket when you check. Some of the more sinister cursed objects may even become a part of your body. The Executioner used to have two hands before he found his famous axe. So perhaps you aren't willing to risk changing your physical and or genetic makeup with potentially fatal scientific experimentation. And you don't believe in the power of mystic artifacts, or otherwise don't wish to very likely become horrifically cursed. So where do you turn to next? Technology, of course. Wombat Man and Mad Tinkerer are just two of the many supers that rely on super or mad science almost exclusively for their careers. 
If you possess a certain diabolical flair for engineering or chemistry, you might consider creating your own sinister devices. When starting to create your own devices, you may notice that you tend to gravitate to certain thematic elements, like an over-reliance on the use of glue, chemicals used to induce a specific primal emotion or mindset, or robots that exclusively resemble 1980s sitcom personalities. You may try to break yourself of this often absurd theme, but you should resist that urge. Villainous inventors are well known to do their best work and be happier when fully embracing their eccentric styles. Plus, these thematic elements are key to building a memorable villainous persona, which is at least as important as your superpowers. Best to simply lean into your particular style. Now, maybe you're not technically gifted enough to craft your own marvels of technology. That's fine. There are dozens of inventors who would be interested in having someone else field test their inventions for them or who might be willing to sell them to you. It would be best to enter into a sort of partnership with such an inventor, so they will repair and maintain the devices for you. If you do become their customer instead, be sure to spring for the extended warranty. In either case, you should do your best to learn how to do at least basic repairs on any devices you use. If you don't, Murphy's Law will ensure you will regret it. The best inventor to form a partnership with would be a retired supervillain. Those who survive to retirement often have a wealth of experience. Although too old or injured to continue a life of supervillainy, Many of these inventors still wish to stay involved. Their egos can be manipulated to acquire their tech for a fraction of the cost or even for free, and you may even be able to learn how to create your own devices, or at least how to reliably recreate theirs. Most importantly, they can give a beginning supervillain practical guidance and an insider's perspective. Wonder can apprentice herself to no less than five different villainous inventors, including the Breakfast Bandit, Madame Curie Jr., and Professor Calamity before starting her career in earnest. However you choose to take it, the super tech route is a great investment because it's one of the few powers that can be used after leaving a life of active supervillainy to support yourself. Many villains get their start after a freak occurrence empowers them, when it should have killed them. Grey Gator was just a humble herpetologist until he was struck by lightning while swimming with his beloved pet alligator. This freak occurrence killed his pet and transformed Gator into the 9 foot tall alligator man we all know and fear. This event has no credible scientific explanation. There was nothing unique about the man who became Grey Gator, nor his beloved pet. By all accounts, he should have died, and yet he survived. Horribly changed, but powerful nonetheless. And Grey Gator's story is hardly unique. Purple Haze overdosed on a mind-destroying cocktail of hallucinogens made from at least 30 discrete substances, both natural and synthetic. Instead of dying, she gained superlative telekinetic and mind-control powers. A month later, Brickhouse was crushed by a condemned tenement and walked out a few hours later with super strength and skin the density and coloration of brick. Two months after that, Mr. Kem fell into a vat of acid, his entire body dissolved, but his consciousness persisted in a body composed of that same acid. In these cases, we find that what should kill you may very well make you stronger. This isn't to encourage you to throw yourself into certain death. These events are still very rare. The vast majority of people who should be killed by an accident still do die, but this avenue can't be discounted. Many scientists theorize that the people empowered harbor some potential that is expressed when they should be killed. The potential saves them by changing them. This idea is further supported by the fact that each person's powers are heavily informed by the circumstances of their accident. In other words, Grey Gator may have become Grey Otter if his interest in pets had been different. And Brickhouse might have been Airplane if he'd been in a plane crash. There is no reliable way to test for this potential, but it has the advantage of having some control over what kinds of powers you might get and requiring little to no expertise or training. Like experimentation, it has a high chance of disfigurement along with almost certain death. But if you find that the risks are worth it, you may very well end up with the powers you wanted. Just be sure to exhaust other avenues first. You can't execute your master plan if you're dead.
So you don't want to risk human experimentation, basically committing suicide, or finding a cursed artifact. That's completely understandable. And you aren't smart enough or interested in learning how to wield super tech. Thankfully, you still have some options. Become obsessed with something. Many supers with no discernible powers are able to pursue their careers thanks to being obsessed enough at something that they can perform it beyond normal human capacity. Deadeye is an obvious example as a sharpshooter capable of pulling off shots that are considered impossible. The Euclidean's understanding of math somehow allows her to manipulate her surroundings to her benefit. And Tennis Pro's mastery of the sport somehow makes him a dangerous combatant in close and medium range. It seems that becoming sufficiently obsessed can be enough to develop superhuman traits. The key is pursuing something that you've always had an interest in, but giving yourself over to it in a way that no sane person would. You must actively choose whatever hobby, sport, or subject you select over more reasonable things every day in every way. This style is an investment. It generally takes a thousand hours to master something, so it'll be at least that long to make this work. But when you succeed, then your theme will be almost completely finished too. This path has its own risks as well. This level of obsession is bound to skew the way you think it may very well drive you crazy. Plus, depending on what you choose to obsess over, there are risks inherent to the pastime too, and there's just as much chance that your obsessions won't reach the necessary levels to do impossible things either. So, time wasted and sanity lost are the two great risks. Many different heroes and villains have been empowered by the various methods mentioned previously, but by the work of a specific set of beings. Aliens. It's true. For decades, aliens have come to Earth to observe and experiment on its inhabitants. They bestow some humans with superpowers by altering their DNA, or give them devices that might qualify as supertech, or be so advanced they may as well be magic. They've even been known to engineer accidents so as to observe any super beings they might accidentally have created. The best way to make yourself available to the aliens is to frequent desolate, wide-open spaces with sparse populations. You can buy a cabin and avoid human contact, go on lots of solo trips through the American Southwest, or even become a trucker and make a little money while you wait to be abducted. If you are successfully taken, try to stay calm and docile. There's not much else you can do at that point. Depending on who took you, the aliens might experiment on you, talk to you, try to eat you, mate with you, give you cool gear, or some permutation of the previously stated options. And if you survive the experience, you may have gotten incredible powers. Regardless of how you get your powers, they're just the first step of many to becoming the best supervillain you can be. So please continue listening to the next tape, where we discuss the all-important topic of theme. I'll see you there! The Supervillain Handbook was written and voiced by Ben McGinnis. Special thanks to Katie McGinnis, Ken Johnson, and me, Susie Guatney. Thanks!